And uh, one of the guys down there uh, went excessive. And uh, Dr. Peacock, you know, I mean, when a guy, when he gets up and says, you have 10 minutes, maybe 12, and you take 35, something ain't right. And then a couple others did the same thing or close to it. And uh, poor Adam, he lost his opportunity. So uh, I, I told him, I said, hey, get ready to do it tonight. He said, he, he said, Jesse stole his cheer. So he was going to preach on how to get your cheer back or something. So we'll see what happens here. Amen. Are you watching that, man? Yes. How much time have you got? Uh, I'm at three seconds right now. So. Right, how much time are you going to preach? Uh, he, he I'm not sure. All right. If you would take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 1, we'll start there tonight. If uh, that last song they sang didn't do anything for you, then there, there's a problem with your heart tonight. And uh, tonight I want to preach on something that uh, is very prevalent in today's church. It's very prevalent in America in general, and that is uh, unthankfulness. But I am thankful for what God did for me. That first song, Thanking God for What You Missed, I'm glad I've never drank a beer before. Amen. You, you know, born in church, raised in church, and it's not, it's not anything prideful or anything like that, but I'm thankful that there are things that God prevented me from experiencing in the world. And it doesn't make me better than anyone that has. Because if you've done that before, if you've gotten into the world, if you've experienced the pleasures of sin for a season, God can carry that burden for you as well and take it away. And uh, I'm just thankful that God's not a respecter of any persons and he'll, he'll whosoever will, let him come. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Um, Pastor mentioned something about cheer, so I, I guess I should give the backstory to, to that. Um, we were, me and Jesse were in the car. We were driving over to their house um, for his birthday, and I decided, you know what? I feel like listening to some Christmas bluegrass music, and so I turned that on, and then about halfway through the song, Jesse unplugs it, plugs her song in, says, I didn't like that. I want to listen to this Christmas song. And <laughs> I started to yell. I'm like, you stole my Christmas cheer. And uh, that's the story behind that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're not going to preach about cheer tonight. Um, although it, you know, the Bible should, should uh, cheer you up. Amen. The church should cheer you up. Um, you, you, should, you know, I, I told pastor, I texted him when he asked me to preach. I'm like, I'll preach on be of good cheer tonight. Um, but uh, Romans chapter 1. Um, let's go ahead and look at verse number 18, if you want to stand. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse number 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that when they, uh, which may be known of God is manifest in them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by, uh, by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Um, brother Tom Combs, will you pray for us tonight? It's good to see you, brother.
Father, that you've given to them that uh, you want us to do. And I thank you, Father, for saving our souls. Amen. Taking our place on Calvary. Love you now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. I am um, thankful for the opportunity to preach. And I don't know if you've ever gotten to do something for God before, but. Uh, you know, it's not a false humility kind of thing, like, oh, woe is me, why do I... But have you ever thought to yourself, man, I, I don't deserve to do this. I, I don't deserve to preach. I don't deserve to, to clean for the Lord. I don't deserve to do anything that I, that I do at all. And um, sometimes, especially uh, as a young preacher, it's, it's easy to get... Um, that pride will sneak in there. I remember uh, uh, shortly after I graduated from TBDI, um, I was up here um, picking out songs. I think Joe was gone that day. And, um, you know, and Brother Joe Harris, he, uh, he had his Bible open. He's like, hey, Brother Adam, come here. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, he has a Bible question for me. You know, TBDI student, you know, he's going to ask me about the great deeps or something <laughs> weird. And uh, I went down there to him, and he says, hey, brother, zip up your pants. <laughs> Lord will humble you. Um, you know, you get to think you're something, you know, and uh, you start start thinking about, you know, oh, what I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some doctrinal answer here, and the you know Bible's open and stuff, and he tells you that it's like, man, it's like, all right, Lord, I I understand what you're trying to tell me. Um, well, two things you're trying to tell me, um, but Romans Romans chapter one. Um, it says here, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. You go down to verse 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And you read uh, you know, further down, you see that, that uh, homosexuality and, and all those things are starting to creep in here. It says in verse number 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And um, you, you look at all these things that are happening, the, the wickedness, and, and we'll get into a couple of those things in just a second here. But back in verse number 21 is where this stems from, where the wickedness stems from. It says they, when they knew God... They glorified him not as God. And that caused a chain reaction um, that is very dangerous, especially in the church today, especially just as, as Americans in general as a whole. We are the most unthankful people I've ever seen. And uh, I'm, I'm talking to myself, um, obviously, you, know, you just find yourself, you ever find yourself just complaining uh, just about everything under the sun? You know, you wake up, there's something wrong. Uh, you know, your wife doesn't make the meal that you want her to make, and I've been there before. You know, I'm craving chicken and rice, and she makes beef stew, and, uh, you know, I get upset about it. It's like, what, why am I getting upset? I'm getting food, right? Um, but, but there's things here in verse number 29 of Romans 1. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, envy murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, and it goes on, and there's some, you know, being filled with all unrighteousness, and you got to think that's, that stems from them at one time when they knew God, 
when they, when they knew who God was and knew what God had done for them, they didn't glorify him, number one. And number two, they were not thankful. And if you're, if you're not careful tonight, if you're not thinking about what God's done for you on a, on a daily basis, um, if you're not thankful for everything that he's done, you know, thanking God for what you missed out on, thanking God for what he's forgiven you of, thanking God uh, just for being so good to me as the, the song was just sung, then you risk getting into some of these things. Now, now I, I like to watch um, uh, like investigation, investigations and and um, interrogations on, on YouTube sometimes. And I was just watching one the other day where there was a 10-year-old boy that um, he was upset at his mom because he, she simply wanted him to do the laundry. And so he goes into his bedroom and gets a shotgun and blows her head off right in front of his sister. And uh, you, you think, like, what, what causes someone to do that? You know, and, and he can't reverse that. And he's sitting in there, and he, he's starting to realize what he did. And he's, and he's just saying, I want my mom, I want my mom, I want my mom. He, we do, he doesn't have his mom anymore. Because he got so upset over something so minute, so it, it didn't even matter. It, just do your laundry. He got so upset over that and uh, ended up killing his own mom. And uh, you got to think, man, he, he, is un, he, he was an ungrateful little brat, unthankful. Uh, didn't care about anyone but himself. And you say, well, how does someone do that? It starts with unthankfulness. And uh, it's, very, it's a very uh, dangerous thing. Now go over to uh, Numbers chapter 21. That's where we'll be for the remainder of the night. Numbers chapter 21. And like I said, I just want to talk about the dangers of unthankfulness tonight. And, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, a holiday where we should be thankful, but unfortunately there's, there's more going on behind the scenes with uh, everyone thinking about Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday and all the deals that they're going to be getting that uh, it's, it's not really about, the, about being thankful anymore uh, because now we're going to try to buy things that we don't have as if we're not thankful for what we already do have. And, um, you know, not that anything is – I love Cyber Monday um, – <laughs> But uh, you got to be careful or, or, or the, the devil and the world and the flesh, that it'll, it'll get your mind right off of being thankful. Um, here in Numbers chapter 21, we'll just go through a few things in this passage. Um, let me see here. Actually, in, in Judges 2, you don't have to go there. Um, there is a, it, it talks about Moses or Joshua passing away. And uh, then that generation after Joshua passed away, it, it, this is the generation that saw the miracles under Joshua, uh, under Moses as well. And it says that they, they died, and it says that there arose a generation that didn't know the works of God. And there arose a generation that they didn't know, they, they, they didn't uh, thank God, they didn't, they didn't hear anything from the previous generation about what God had done for them. And it says that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And that, that's a scary thought, just about the next generation. Because, like, I, I don't understand. God parted the Red Sea, and, and these, these guys didn't know about it. The children of Israel, the, this next generation, didn't know one thing about 
the children of them crossing over the Red Sea or God providing the manna or, you know, whatever it was that God did for them. They didn't know one thing about that. Someone dropped the ball. Someone decided, you know what, you know, church isn't that important. Uh, God isn't as important, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the motions, we'll go to temple, uh, to the temple and, and, and bring our sacrifices and all those things, but uh, you know what, it's, it's not really important to teach our kids that. And um, there's a danger for this upcoming generation that uh, they're not, you know, it, are, are you telling them about, the, are you testifying like Pastor was saying about what God's done for you? You know, if you have a thankful heart, and you're thanking God for what he's done for you, it'll be easy to give a testimony. You think about that? It would be easier for you to give a testimony if you're constantly thanking God for the things that you have. Um, but that unthankful heart, that'll, you know, you got to think up something on the spot and you can't really, you know, you haven't been thinking about it, it hasn't been in your mind. And uh, that, that unthankfulness is dangerous. But there's a generation that didn't know the works of God. I think it was... Um, Oh, I think it was Ronald Reagan that said we're one generation away from losing our freedom. But how about in Christianity? We're just one generation away from losing uh, the hand of God on, on what we're doing. You know, this, this church is a great church. I love this church. This, this is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on the face of this planet than this church right here. But I'm, I'm telling you tonight, if we, you know, and I can't judge everyone in here, and just like you can't judge me on my, my thankfulness or unthankfulness, but if we become an unthankful church, we will succumb to that very quote you know, and lose, lose our, our, our testimony and lose the power of God that's here in this church that you know, God is moving in this church and it's a blessing, but we've got to be thankful for what we have. The first thing I want you to notice in Numbers chapter 21, we'll just go through this before we get to the meat of the message, but there was an honest request in verse number one. It says, and when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into mine hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. There was an honest request. You know what Israel was doing here is they were battling Canaan. They were battling the Canaanites. And, uh, you know, Canaan, uh, the Canaanites could be a type of the world. And, uh, you know, they were just, they were just, you know, just fighting Canaan. You know what we're doing sometimes? We're just fighting in the world. There's battles in the world. You know, sometimes it says here that, that uh, he took some of them prisoners. Sometimes you lose battles. Sometimes you, you, you lose fights that you have in the world. Have you ever lost a fight before? Anyone want to raise your hand? Yeah, we, we've all lost some fights. We've all uh, lost some ground along the way sometimes, and, and it's just a daily thing. You know what? We're going to fight the, uh, the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. There's going to be a constant battle with the flesh, constant battle with the world, a constant battle with the wiles of the devil that he's throwing your way. And you know what? They're reaching out. They're reaching out to God because they see, you know what? I'm starting to lose ground. I'm starting to, I'm starting to, uh, the enemy's starting to advance against us. We need some help. And um, you know what? They, they vowed a vow unto the Lord. Have you ever done that before? You ever promised the Lord something? You're, you're in a mess, and you're, you're fighting, and you're like, Lord, if you just give me, get me out of this mess, 
if you just get me, if you just help me to, if you just win this battle for me, Lord, I'll do this. Uh, I remember, I remember when we were, uh, we went to Tennessee on a, um, on vacation and they had the, that sky lift um, that takes you up and then there's like a bridge that goes over like eight or 900 feet or something like that. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten more afraid of heights. And um, so when you go in that sky lift, they ha- they, the bar goes down over your legs and there's a bar that goes in between your legs in case the thing were to tip and you slide out. And um, the worker put the bar down and, and we were about halfway up and I noticed that that bar was not in between my legs. And uh, I started, I, I was like death gripping that bar because I'm like, man, if something happens, I'm going to slide right out of this and die. And I remember all the way up that hill, I'm just like, Lord, if you just get me to the top, I'll do this. I'll, I'll go to the mission field, Lord. Just, just get me out of this situation. And we got to the top, and then we, we were going across the bridge, and um, this bridge had a portion of it that, was, that had see, uh, that glass that you could walk over and look down in. And I was already just holding on to the bar, just, you know, just absolutely petrified. And um, these stupid teenagers up in the front started to bounce on the, on the uh, bridge. And so this thing just starts going, and I was, I was man, I was praying to the Lord. And, but, uh, you know, it, and that's, you know, that's stupid, but, but, you know, you go through things in life and, and don't you find yourself, you're, you're battling the flesh, you're, you're, you're losing ground and you pray to the Lord, if you would just get me out of this, I'll do this for you. And so they vowed a vow unto the Lord. They said, you know, God, if you get us, if you deliver us, we're going to utterly destroy the cities. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we're, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, we'll destroy their cities. And um, there was not only an honest request from the people, there was a helpful response from the Lord. It says, and the Lord hearkened, in verse number three, to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. Aren't you thankful that God delivers thing, uh, things for you and he hearkens to your voice? That's a blessing. He hearkened unto Israel. And you know what really uh, just gets me thankful for the Lord and what he's done is, is he knew down the road that Israel was going to mess up again. He knew that Israel was going to sin. He knew that Israel was going to blow it. And uh, you know what? He still hearkened unto him. He's an all-knowing God. He's an all-loving God, uh, but he responded to them and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. Um, and, and God responds, you know, we, we, we like to think about these huge battles that we're going through, but have you ever just stopped to think about for a minute the little things that God gets you through on a daily basis? Just the little things. Um, I remember uh, when we first got Lola, she, uh, I think she was about 12 12 weeks, we'd had her for a few weeks already, and um, it was snowing really bad, and it was about 15 to 20 below outside. It was really cold that, that evening, and um, we went ahead and we're like, well, we got to put the dog out before we go to bed. Me and Jesse um, put the dog outside for just a minute. We went back in, sat on the couch, and uh, we fell asleep, and um, we woke up. This was about 9 o'clock. We woke up at around 1 in the morning. I woke up at 1 in the morning, and the first thing I thought was, well, where's the dog at? And then I, I remembered, I'm like, oh, man, I, just, I put her outside, and this dog is most likely going to be frozen to death. 
And um, so I open the door. She's not there at all. I'm like, oh, man. I saw these little footprints in the snow, or paw prints, and um, it went right to the gate where there was a little crack in it. She got through, and now she's probably somewhere frozen to death, and now i got to go find her. And um, so we're, we're following the trail. The trail ends um, you know, in the front sidewalk, so we, we figure that you know, either the snow, like a snowdrift came over and covered all the other prints because it was still snow, uh, snowing outside, and we're looking for this dog from probably 1 o'clock in the morning to about 5 o'clock, and we still can't find her. We're frozen. I've called the non-emergency police line, <laughs> and they, they're coming out because they have nothing else to do. It's 15, 20 below. There's not going to be too much crime going on um, on the streets. But uh, they come out, and they have this huge uh, spotlight, and they're, they're looking everywhere around the neighborhood. And... Uh, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, we were idiots. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's our dog, you know. It, you know it, she, she meant a lot to us, and, and it's like, man, you know, and, and I'm starting to cry. Jesse's crying a little bit. And uh, Lola, you know, me and Lola have a connection. Her and our other dog, Charlie, have a connection. So, you know, if you're dog people, you know, you understand. Um, but we're looking for her, and finally, finally we just had, you know, I have to go to work at 8. And I'd like to get some sleep, and Jesse has to go to work, and we're just like, man, you know, and, and I remember praying, praying to the Lord, and, and, and you know, woke up, um, looked outside for a little bit, and then um, was driving to work, and I remember the Lord asking me, you know, Are, have, have you ever thanked me for this yet? You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm tired, I'm, I'm sad, <laughs> I have to go to work now, and because managers can't have any time off. And um, so, you know, I'm just going, man, Lord, I, I haven't thanked you for it. I'm like, you know what, Lord, I, I'm going to praise you no matter what happens. Lord, she, you know, she's probably dead. But you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank you for it. You know, thank you for the time that you gave her to us. And we didn't, we, we weren't very faithful with that. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and so my dad came um, to the house while we were at work and, um, he's looking around the neighborhood, and all of a sudden, the, one of the neighbor boys come over with the dog. And um, apparently, she had walked out probably no more than 30 seconds after she got out of the gate. Our neighbors came home. Uh, neighbors were just getting home. They picked up the dog, looked. Our lights were off in the house, so they took her into their house. So while we're looking for her, she's, she's probably fast asleep <laughs> in the heat. And um, you know what? As, as small as that is, God is faithful in those little things. And, um, you know, it just, just thinking about, you know, every, every facet of your life God is interested in. And, and he wants to be there for you. He wants to help you. He wants to go through those problems with you. And as small as that trial was, I mean, obviously there's, there's people with a lot worse trials that, than that. But when you're going through it, you don't think like that. When you're going through that trial, you're not thinking, oh, man, well, so-and-so has it worse than me, so I'm fine. When you're going through those trials, that's what you're thinking of is your trial. And you're, you're focused in on that, and, and, you know, and it could be very small just like this, but it's still real, and it still hurts. And um, just the fact that God hearkens to your voice, and, you know, and Israel even kept their word, amen. You know, afterwards, it says that um, they, they did it. 
They utterly destroyed the, the cities that they, were, they said they would. Um, it says um, here, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Horma. And so um, there's a help, helpful response. And uh, I'm thankful that, I, that we could come boldly before the throne of grace. Well, you know, you don't have to go, uh, you know, with your tail tucked between your legs and worried, uh, like in the days of Esther, the king holding out the scepter and you coming in. If he didn't hold it out, then you would die. We don't have to worry about that. He said you could come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy. Mercy in the time of need. You know what? I, I, I found out um, the, the, more, the older I get and the farther I get along with the Lord, I, I need more of that mercy. I need more of that grace. And I, I just need help on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> the third thing I want you to notice in this passage was the hard reality. Um, verse number four, it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You know what? They're, they're journeying. They had a hard reality. You know what? They're just the journey. It wasn't the brethren that was getting in the way. It wasn't, um, it wasn't you know, finances. It wasn't all these different things that come up. You know, it was just them getting tired because of the way they were going. They weren't, go- they weren't going in the wrong way. They were going in the way that God told them to go. They were, they were journeying. You know what? They're trying to get to Canaan. They're trying to cross over Jordan. And... Um, it says, as they journeyed, they became, their souls became much discouraged. You know what happens sometimes when we go through life? We're just, we're just living uh, you know, our daily lives. We're doing what we can for the Lord, and you just get tired. And you just get, you get weary. And sometimes they, you get even much discouraged just because of the way. Not, you know, and not to um, not speak of like... Uh, these big trials that we go through and tribulation, and those things are prevalent for sure. But just the, root, the routine duty of just coming, you know, getting up, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, getting in your Bible, trying to get your prayer life, all these things that you're doing, sometimes you just get tired just, just by doing what you're supposed to do. Like I said, it wasn't because of the Canaanites, it wasn't because of Moab. It wasn't because of their enemies. It was just because of the way. It was just because of the way. You know what? We're, we're going along and we're trying to live for God. And there's current events going on. And there's, you know, worry about, uh, you know, there, there's the crypto thing that just happened uh, where all that's crashing and uh, everything's going wrong in the world. People are going bankrupt. Things are happening with the, you know, the shipments and gas prices and all these different things that we look at. And we just get tired of it. And we, we see the things that are going on. But you know what? I, my, my hope is not in the White House. Amen. My, my hope isn't in Congress. My hope isn't in any of those, those entities. It's in Jesus Christ tonight. And you know what? That's what your hope ought to be in. And uh, if, you, if you look to, you know what Peter did? Is when he was walking on the water, you know, he, you know, props to him for doing that. I don't think I would be able to do that. But... He was out walking on the water. You know, he was the only other guy in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ that walked on the water. And it says when he saw the waves, 
and they're, they're boisterous, and he saw the waves crashing around him. And when he got his eyes on those things, he began to sink. And um, <clears throat> that's what happens to us sometimes is we're, we're walking out to Jesus on the water. And we're doing good, and all of a sudden we start to notice the storms around us. And all of a sudden we start to notice what, uh, you know, maybe we just get tired of, of what we're doing, the routine duties. And we begin to sink. And you know what's very dangerous during this time of discouragement is it's real easy to become unthankful. It's real easy to become ungrateful for what you have and what the Lord's doing for you. And uh, so, you know, it's a hard reality. You know, the, the Christian walk isn't always going to be easy. Amen? It's not always going to be easy. It's just, uh, you know, and we start to look at things that, you know, you just get used to, to God moving. You know, you just get used to walking on the water now. And it's just, you know, well, it's just preaching. It's just, uh, you know, serving in the church. It's just singing. You know, it's just the sound booth. It's just this. And we get used to, we get so used to the things, you know, just like they got used to, uh, um, oh, I forget the, forget the name right now, but they got used to the Ark of the Covenant being in, in I forget whose house it was, uh, but they got used to that. And Uzzah reached out, he touched the ark, and, you know, he probably, he probably was used to all those things. He was used to seeing it every day. And he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll help God out, and I'll, I'll just touch it. You know, if he, if he was um, thinking about God the way, and reverencing God the way he should have, he wouldn't have touched that. He would have known how holy it was. But we just get so used to everything, and we get discouraged in the way. You know, I, I, used, to, uh, I used to be very hard on Elijah and you read how he, uh, what he did with the prophets of Baal. And, uh, you know, he, the fire came down, fire fell. Everything was going good for Elijah. If you read the, read the passage, I mean, then he, then he went out and he slew all the prophets of Baal. And, you know, everything was going good. And there were those that didn't, there were, there were some that didn't bow down to the image of Baal. And, and he's just, he's just made a, a laughing stock of, of Baal and, and of those, those prophets. And then Jezebel says one thing to him. She said, if you're not, if you're not um, like the prophets are at this, by this time tomorrow, then, you know, we're going to come in, we're going to kill you. And, you know, just Jezebel. He just, he just defeated an entire, uh, you know, all the prophets, over, the fi- over 500 prophets, and the fire has fallen, and God has moved, and God's hand is clearly on Elijah. And then one, one thing is said, one negative thing is said, and all of a sudden his, his mindset is, you know what, Lord, it's, I'm no better than my father's. I want to die. And um, I could relate to that so much. And you're going through life. And things are going good, and God's moving in your life. And it's not—it's not that it's a mountaintop experience, but you're just—you're just full of full of the Lord, and, and He's blessing you. And all of a sudden, one one thing goes wrong, just one thing, and then you're ready to give up, throw in the towel. And uh, that's exactly how Elijah was. You know, I, I used to—I used to, you know, just kind of criticize him, like, man, what you know, what's he doing? But he—the Lord knew. The Lord knew what he was going through. And the Lord knows what you're going through tonight. And um, you know what? Maybe being a little bit more thankful for the things that you have will, will help that. 
Maybe you find yourself tonight not in that uh, position of thankfulness and you're starting to get weary with the way and you're discouraged because of it. But lastly here, actually, uh, number four here, I want you to notice the harsh reaction. Here in verse number five, they were discouraged because of the way. In verse number five, it says, And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this, this light bread. There's a harsh reaction after the hard reality. <clears throat> Here in verse number five, I believe there's an unthankful heart beginning to show in the people. Could you see that? There's a little bit of unthankfulness. Um, they've been discouraged, and all of a sudden they, they start to switch gears and speak against God. Speak against the one who has done all these miracles for them up to this point. They begin to speak against Moses. And if you're in the ministry today, if you're doing anything, and, and people start to complain, you're going to get thrown right in there with them. And Moses, it wasn't Mo, Moses didn't do anything. God didn't do anything. But there was a harsh reaction of the people. And also I want you to notice that that unthankfulness produced a distaste for God's provisions. You want to look at that here in verse number 5. It says, Wherefore have you brought us up out of, the, out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? You know what? There's other places in the Bible that describes them wanting to go back to Egypt. They, wanted, they, they were tired of what God was doing. They were tired of, what, of where they were. And so much so that they, they were unthankful and desired the, what they were getting out in Egypt. And if you read the story of them getting out, the only reason that God got them out is because they were crying to God to get them out of Egypt. And it's funny because sometimes we, uh, we get that same way. We get tired of God's provisions for us. We get used to them. We're not thankful for them. And all of a sudden we start to desire some of the things back in the world. We, just start, we start to desire some of the things that are back um, in Egypt. And, um, you know, it says here, uh, for there is neither no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. It's like, why, why are you saying that there's no bread, and then you say that you hate the bread that God has given you right now? You see what they're, what they're doing there? God is literally dropping manna from heaven to the, to the nation of Israel, and they're complaining about that. And they're complaining about no water. It's like, wait, God, God is leading them with, the, with this rock that you speak to the rock and water comes out. And, uh, you know, God, God has provided for us. You think of the things that God's done for you. you ever, I, was, I was praying the other day. I was in our bathroom. I was down. I'm like, I was praying, and I, I, all of a sudden I saw the, car, the rug that I was on. I'm like, Lord, thank you for this rug. And you, you, start to, you just start to think about everything that God's done for you, even if it's little things, big things, who cares? It's like, man, I woke up today. Amen? Amen? But it's only by the grace of God. He, he holds your very breath in his own hands. That's right. And at any time, he could snap his finger and call you home, and that's it. And um, I'm thankful that I'm breathing. I'm thankful that I'm alive tonight. I'm thankful that I have a, a warm place to go tonight. I'm not out on the street. And, you know, you, you see the ministries that some of these uh, brothers have. 
um, you know, up in Detroit, and people that are, are sleeping in tents and sleeping bags out on the streets. Like, man, thank God, I, you know, I don't have to do that tonight. And I don't think anyone in here has to do that tonight. Amen? And just the, the very fact that, that I'm not going to hell, that should, that should excite you. That should get you thankful. But sometimes we let the circumstances of life get in the way we become unthankful. But it produced a distaste for God's provisions. There was no, absolutely nothing wrong with the bread that God had for him. There, you know, it's, it's heavenly manna. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, what that would taste like. Or what, you know, it was, you know, maybe angel food cake. I really love angel food cake. Um, but regardless, it was nourishment to them. And they started to, uh, started to complain. Um, you know, they called it light bread that they had. And I, I think that was just uh, uh, them, them getting upset and talking bad about, about that food. And um, another story, I don't, I don't have any kids or anything, so I just talk about my dogs. Um, sometimes, uh, well, actually, we don't do it a whole lot anymore, but when we first started, um, when, when we first got Lola, we would, um, you know, be cutting up. Um, you know, meat and stuff, or Jesse's cutting chicken, she'd chop off, like, the, the ends that we don't use or whatever, and she'd feed them to Lola. And uh, there, there was one time, um, shortly after we did that, where we would, we would, you know, get her food, and we would, you know, pour it in, tell her, you know, dinner's ready, she'd come, she'd sniff it, and she'd turn her head like this. And, you know, for maybe a day, eh, about two days, she was not eating at all. And um, we came to realize that it was because we were giving her other food. We were giving her that chicken. She got used to the chicken. And so all of a sudden, she's like, you know what? What I have, I, I, don't, I don't like it anymore. I don't want to eat it anymore. And you know what we did? We just waited it out. She's going to get hungry. And after, I think, about the third day, she started eating her food again because she realized, man, I'm not getting any more chicken. <laughs> um, but sometimes we... Uh, we, we think what we have isn't good enough. You know what, pastor, um, pastor gets up at, you know, 2, 3, 4 in the morning on Sunday mornings and prepares a message for us, and he prepares food for us, and he comes out and he pours the bowl, and he gets the water, and he, he gives us the meal, and sometimes we go to it and we turn our heads, and we look away, we don't eat it. Why is that? Because sometimes we get so full on other things in the world and we get, so, you know, and it doesn't have to be just things in the world. What about just as simply like listening to excessive preaching outside of church? I'm not saying it's bad to listen to preaching. I think it's a good thing. But we, we start to listen to all this preaching and we get fed and, and we get certain things. And then we come to the, the, the place where God has called us to go. And God, God has called us to be in this place and he wants us to, we're, we're the, the flock here. And we don't eat the food because we've already been fed. And we've all, and we, you know, have you ever heard the, the phrase, you know, don't, don't eat this now, you'll spoil your, your uh, dinner? You'll spoil your dinner. You know what, those things that, that we might eat outside of it might not be bad. But we're coming in here and then we're expecting something different than what God has for us and we're not eating. We're not thankful for what we already have. You know, it's, it's a balancing act. And then there's a uh, humbled return. I want you to look at verse number six. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, 
and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. You look at uh, who God kills in the Bible, the majority of it doesn't have anything to do with uh, a lot with immorality or murdering or all these different things. And God does uh, kill people in the Bible for those things. But you look at the number one thing, it's complaining that God kills his people for. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to just come and <laughs> kill everyone in the church for not being faith or thankful. But there are some, there are some, uh, some chastening and, and some discipline that God has for people that start to complain. But in this instance, and thank God he doesn't do this today because I hate snakes, but he sent fiery serpents among them. They were biting the people. The people were dying. And then in verse number seven, there was a, uh, actually first, uh, you know, there, there's the correction of God here. And uh, has, God, has God ever corrected you before? Amen. Has God ever, you know, taken you behind the woodshed before um, for something you were doing? And uh, I, I remember there was a time um, where I, I backed off uh, or talked back to my uh, mom. I forget what it was about. I think it was cl cleaning the room or something like that. And I didn't, I didn't do it. And I was talking back to her. And um, when we got spanked, we didn't get spanked with a wooden paddle growing up. We got uh, spanked with a glue stick. And I'm getting welts just thinking about it. But um, so my mom would, you know, when I was, I was old enough now to where my mom, she's not that strong. If you've looked at her before, she's not, you know, the strongest person. I mean that with a lot of respect, but she's not. And she started to, started to spank me for it. And, you know, and I told her, well, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> and so she's like, well, you would just wait till your dad gets home. And then you have that time where you're just thinking, like, man, he's going to tear into me, and it's going to hurt because it's a glue stick. I'll, I'll gladly take a, a wooden paddle over a glue stick. So I remember in this instance, I got spanked a lot. I can't remember all the times, but I do remember this one because I was sitting in my room. I was waiting, um, you know, just thinking, how could I possibly get out of this? And I looked over, and thankfully, my brother was still wetting the bed. And he had some pull-ups that were sitting on the dresser. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, I could, I could get away with this. <laughs> and um, so I went ahead. I put two, two pull-ups on. <laughs> I put uh, two pairs of pants on. And so I'm ready. My dad comes home. And immediately, you know, it's, he points to the room. I'm going into the room. And, um, you know, he tells me this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I'm like. Well, let's, let's switch <laughs> then. Um, but no, he, he starts to, he gets that glue stick and he, he starts swatting and I'm not moving at all. And I, you know, I like to squirm sometimes. I wasn't moving one bit. My dad was getting even more fired up because it's not working. <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's like, wait a minute. And he, he pulls down the first layer and notices what I've done. And then the only way I could describe this, what happened next, was the spirit of a black woman came in, or black mom, came into him that day. And I don't know if you've ever seen a black mom spank one of their kids. Um, I have. I've been over to my friend Joshua Abney. I probably shouldn't have said his full name. But um, <laughs> I was over at his house one day, 
And um, he, got, he had gotten in trouble for not doing something before he had company over, and I was spending the night at his house. And all of a sudden, his, his mom's like, come here, boy. And he went into the, ha- into the room, and I, she, they sing when they, they kind of rap when they're spanking. So like, I told you to. And those, that's exactly what happened with my dad. And I got, I got beat because the glory came down. And so did my pants. Everything came out. And uh, you know what? I deserved it. Amen? And uh, sometimes, sometimes it's better just to take the punishment instead of try to find a way out of it. Because if I would have just taken that punishment, if I would have just bent over and taken three, I wouldn't have gotten 30. Okay? And, you know, I may or may not still have scars from that. But you know what? You think about those things afterwards, and it's like, man, you know, if I would have, you know, I know I did wrong now. I, I shouldn't have tried to get out of that. And you know what we try to do? Sometimes we try to get out of the punishment that God has for us, and we're not thankful in that, and we're not thankful in that correction. And I'm not saying that God, you know, God's always going to be getting on your case and stuff, but the Bible does say to despise not the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise it because it's going to help you. It's going to be, it's going to be good for you. And it may not look like, like it will uh, while you're in it. Um, but I'm telling you, after that happened with my dad, I'm, I'm a, you know, it taught me some things. You know, I, I still messed up afterwards, but uh, I knew not to, not to put on pull-ups after that. Um, but, you see, but you see God's cure in, in, in chapter 7. There was a humble, humbled return. The people, uh, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee, pray unto the Lord and he, uh, that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard it preached before that it's a good thing that God and Moses were never on the same page when it came to the punishments for Israel. Because there were times where God's like, watch out, Moses, I'm going to knock them all out. I'm going to kill them all. And Moses prayed for the people, Lord, don't do it. And then one, another passage talks about Moses, I'm done with these people, God just end it all for them. And God's like, you know what? We're not going to do that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just a good thing. They weren't, you know, the, the thing that gets me is after they spoke against him, he still prayed for him. You see that? After, he, after they, were, they were saying all those negative things about Moses, he still it says he, he prayed for the people because he knew that they were just tired. And he knew they were, they were weary. They were discouraged. They, they spoke... Uh, against them because they were just they were going through some things they were unthankful and there were, there's a lot of grace there with Moses but he said here and the Lord said in verse number eight and the Lord said unto Moses make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And what a beautiful uh, type of salvation where you know, um, Jesus Christ became the personification of sin. And he became that serpent. And, and all you have to do, the, like the song says, look and live. You look at Jesus Christ and your, your sinful condition, you're lost tonight. And there's a, there's a good crowd of people here. You might be lost. 
And you know how easy it is if you realize that I'm lost, I'm on my way to hell. All you have to do is look unto Jesus Christ, believe on him for salvation, and you will live. And that's a blessing, that the, that the, uh, what, what God did as a type here. But there's something deeper to it. When you look here, it says, And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And um, sometimes the thing that was killing Israel were the serpents, right? It was the fiery serpents that were killing them. They had to look at the very thing that was killing them in order to live. They had to look at the snake. You know, sometimes you, you might, tonight even, you might be in a state of spiritual death and you're, you find yourself dying. There's something going on. You're not doing good spiritually, you know what you have to do? You have to look at the very thing that is causing you to fall. The very thing that is killing you spiritually. You have to look at that in order to live. You have to deal with it. You have to, you, you have to come face to face with it. And you know what? The, the nation of Israel, they did good. They, they, they owned up to what they did. They said, we have sinned. You know, Lord, just help us. And you know what he did? He forgave them. And... Um, the ones that looked, they, they lived. And you got to think that there were some that were, that were stupid enough not to look at the snakes or not to look at the serpent on the pole. It's like, man, you're, you're getting ready to die and you're still so stubborn and you're, and, and you're so upset and you're so angry at God because of your unthankfulness and you're, you're only worried and only concerned about yourself. And the only thing you could think of is yourself. And instead of, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to what God has uh, set up for Moses to do. He put the serpent on the pole. All I have to do is look at it, and people still didn't look at it. And the reason I say that is because you look at what happened at Calvary. There were two thieves on the cross. And there was one thief that, that was mocking the Lord and said, if, you, if you're really who you say you are, why don't you go ahead and, and, and save yourself, come down off the cross, save us also, if that's who you say you are. And there was another man on the right side. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. You know what one did? He looked. He looked at the, the very thing that could save him. Jesus said to him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. What a blessing. Amen. But there was another guy. He refused to look. He was, he was probably four or five, six feet away from salvation. He was four, five, six feet away from eternity with Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to look. And if that's you tonight, if you're not going to look, if you're not going to uh, re receive salvation, receive Jesus Christ, then you're a fool. You're a fool. And one day you're going you're gonna to be in hell. You know what the, the rich man in Luke chapter 15, he had his memory in hell. And you know what? I bet he remembered some of the things that, man, I, I had an opportunity here, and I had an opportunity here, and I had an opportunity here, and I refused the salvation of the Lord. That's a scary thought. To, have, to be in hell for eternity, you know, that, that man's still there, that rich man's still there today. You say, well, how could God be so cruel? It's not God. He made the way on Calvary. It's not God that's cruel. You know what? He made it so easy a child, a five-year-old could get it. But 
you know what, we, we look and, and we look at other things and we try to save ourselves, try to do things on our own, and that'll wind someone up in hell. But tonight, go, go over to Luke and we'll, we'll close it out. Luke chapter 6. It says later on in that passage in Numbers that they set forward. You know, they got back into it. They got back into the fight. They got back into their journey. And I did some, uh, I did some math on, the, uh, on how long they had until they got to Jordan. You know, it was only two years until they crossed over Jordan. It's like, man, we, we don't have that much time left on this planet. Uh, we don't know when our time's going to be up. We don't know if God's going to take us up or if, if the rapture's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to be. But you know what? I, I do know it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. Luke chapter 6, and this whole message here, I hope was a blessing to you, but it, you got to be thankful. you got to be thankful. And this is a blessing right here in, in Luke chapter 6. In verse number 35, it says, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You know what, tonight, if you find yourself with a heart problem, you say, man, I haven't been as thankful as I should be. I haven't been as faithful as I should be. I haven't, you know, I, I, I've just been bitter and I have things going on in my life that I'm just not thankful for or thankful in those things. I'm glad that he's kind unto the unthankful because I've been there before where I've been unthankful. I've been bitter at God. I've been bitter about the lot that I have in life sometimes. And it's, it's like, man, the Lord is still good during those times. The Lord is still good to me. The Lord's still... Uh, helps me, and I'm glad that he doesn't return that favor just like, you know, doing the same thing that we do to him, because you know, he's, he's absolutely right if he were to do that. He's just if he were to turn his hand away from us, but you know what? He's like, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind to them still, because the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance, and tonight, if uh, you find yourself with that with that heart problem, where you find it hard to be thankful, why don't you come and ask the Lord for help? You ask Him to, to help you to be thankful, because if you don't, there's going to be some times in your life where uh, it, it's, it's going to get rough. And there's going to be times in your life where, you, you know, you're going to start to go down a wrong path. You know, Brother Joe preached last week on people that get out and a lot of reason why people get out sometimes is just because it started off with a seed of unthankfulness and now you're bitter, now you're upset and you're ready to quit, you're ready to give up just like Elijah. And you need to learn to be thankful. And the Bible says it, in everything in, in Thessalonians, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. It's the will of God. You say, well, I don't know the will of God for my life. Why don't you start tonight by being thankful? Be more thankful and uh, you'll start to have a different view on, on the outlook of, of certain things in your life. And, um, you know, it's not something that you're going to get one time and you're going to be good for the rest of your life. It's not how it's going to be. But you could start day by day by just being thankful that the Lord allowed you to wake up 
Be thankful for your meals. Be thankful for uh, your, your husband, your wife. You know what the, the world's going to try to do? Is they're going to try to tell, you know, you need something better. You know what? Your, your car's not good enough. Your house isn't good enough. All these things aren't good enough for you. You know what? The, the world, that's why you look, you watch any, any uh, TV program, there's going to be commercial after commercial after commercial of things that you don't really need. But they're trying to get you to realize, oh, man, what I have isn't good enough. But why don't you start being thankful for the things that God's already blessed you with tonight? Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for being good to us, Lord. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for the blood. I thank you that it's so easy to get saved. Lord, just, just simply asking. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room tonight that's not saved, that doesn't know you, I pray that they, this would be the night that they get saved. They have something to be thankful for. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us, that our saved, Lord, um, we have struggles, we get discouraged. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us through those things. Lord, help us to be thankful in everything. I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.